0: Chandler Morris, quarterback one for TCU football, spoke with Andy Staples of On3.com recently and had some comments about the upcoming season and a really interesting comment about the tempo of this offense. Even his dad, Chad, was fascinated by the speed that they were working with. Also, uh, Travis Hunter, Colorado corner um, slash wide receiver, maybe how much did he play on the offensive side of the football at Jackson State and where can we expect to see him when the Buffaloes come into uh Fort Worth on Saturday. All that and more coming up next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. Your team every day. It's locked on Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And first of all, thank you to those who have um, set the goal to get to 800 subscribers by the time, you know, TCU kicked off against Colorado. And uh, looks, does well, that happened. Okay, that happened yesterday. <clears throat> so we're over 800 subscribers now. Excuse me. I think we're at 810 when I'm recording this. Um, so why don't we just go for 850 before the before the season starts? Let's see if we can do it. we got five more days here. Let's see if we can get there. STC prepares for their season opener against Colorado. Um, Frogs have Chandler Morris as their starting quarterback this year, which is the same as last year, but we all know the story from last season. He goes down with an injury. Max Duggan takes over. The rest is history. And so Chandler has been, you know, sitting behind someone – for a long time, whether it was at Oklahoma or at TCU behind Max Duggan for the past few seasons, it's his time to shine. And he spoke with Andy Staples. Andy um, originally from the or not originally, but was with the Athletic and then moved on to on three. Uh, and he's doing a, a podcast and some other content for on three. And he had like a, a good lengthy one on one interview with Chandler Morris on his latest podcast. Some things that stood out from what he talked about. Um, obviously a lot of discussion about, you know, being a backup last season. He said it was hard at times. There were times where he really had to push himself to continue to watch film and prepare the same way because it's easy to get really discouraged when you're not playing in the games and to fall into this mentality of, why do I need to keep putting the work in, right? Why do I need to keep, you know, busting it for these late nights to try to prepare if I'm not getting in the games on a regular basis. Uh, But he did that. He talked about Jalen Hurts and trying to learn – from the way he handled his situation when uh, Tua Tung Viola replaced him in the national title game because he wasn't playing well. And then that next season, he was a backup all year long, got his opportunity in the SEC championship game, took advantage of it, led Bama to a comeback victory in that game, and then ended up going to Oklahoma and having an outstanding season under Lincoln Riley there. And just the fact that he tried to have a good attitude, it, it sort of got lost in last year's season. And we talked a lot about the way Max handled his situation, right? Like he was named the backup quarterback. He decided, no, I'm not going to transfer. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to try to uh, get the job done here and be a great teammate and get my degree from TCU. And that was a great story. And I don't want to discredit Max at all, but it was also really cool the way that Chandler handled last season. I mean, from what we could tell, no discontent, you know, at least not publicly. I'm sure he was upset and frustrated at times. Those are all normal emotions. Um, when you go through a situation like he did, but he handled it the best way he could. He tried to be the best teammate he could for Max Duggan and you know just took it like a champ and, and continued to um, do his job and do it well, and now he's going to get a chance to start against uh, Colorado. So he talked a lot about what he learned from last season and how to deal with adversity. Um, he also discussed the mentality of last year's team how they were – you know, they had a lot of seniors that were angry and that hadn't lived up to expectations to that point in their TCU careers and really wanted to close out their careers at TCU um, with a bang and by winning a lot of games, and they went and did that, and they played with a chip on their shoulder. And you hope that's the case again for this year's team. Um, We won't know until the games start, but I think that mentality – was so helpful for them last year and just the confidence they got each and every week by winning game after game, coming back and winning games, winning close games. Um, and, and that's something that from this core group of guys, you hope they're able to stick together and bottle up and take with them going into this next season. Um, the And then he talked more about personnel, Chandler did, and said Jojo Earl and John Paul Richardson were really impressive in practice. They, he loves what you know they're bringing to the table. Um, He mentioned that pretty much all the transfers they got that are coming in have picked up this offense quickly, and everybody's learning a new system with a new offense coordinator, uh, but they're doing a good job learning their terminology, learning, you know, how they need to – where they need to be on plays, what they need to do, and how to do it well. Um, and he also said this was his fourth offensive coordinator in four seasons of college football, which Jared Wiley has a different path, but I remember Jared Wiley – saying that at Big 12 Media Days, too. That's, it's the fourth offensive coordinator in four seasons. And so um, he said that they feel good and comfortable with what they're doing and they understand the terminology well, um, which we won't really know for sure until the game starts, I guess. But that's also just, in, in part, that's modern college football. And it's another one of the sort of new things that's happening around the country is that you have so much coaching staff turnover from year to year, uh, especially with coordinators that I think these guys are pretty used to learning new systems. And there's, you know, similar concepts in what they're doing, but multiple people now have said that in a lot of ways, it's completely different um, how they're approaching things and how they're trying to get this done on a, on a day-to-day basis uh, with a new system under Kendall Bryles. The thing that stood out to me the most about this conversation with Andy Staples. And I know I've talked about this. I've I beat this drum now uh, a lot. And I've, I've sort of ingrained this in people's heads. But one thing about those Arkansas teams is they didn't really have – they didn't really go that fast. Like they, they weren't always a tempo team. And we heard A.J. Ricker talk about this. He said, you know, the tempo is really the key to this thing. Um, Sonny Dyke said in an interview recently – he felt like they, TCU was at their best. The TCU offense last season was at their best when they were going fast, when they were moving with purpose, when they were moving in a hurry, and you know, forcing the defense to stay on their heels and not sub and stay in their base stuff. And Chandler Morris said that Chad Morris, his dad, who I mean, know many of you know this, but he's a longtime college football coach, longtime high school football coach, um, was head coach at SMU, was a head coach at Arkansas, Spent time as offensive coordinator for Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Um, was an offensive coordinator at Auburn under uh, Gus Malzahn. And so he's been around. He's run a lot of different variations of the spread offense. And he is a guy that likes to spread it out. He likes to go fast. He likes to throw the ball around. That is you know, what's ingrained in his mind and who he is as coach. And so he said Chad Morris came out to practice. Um, recently and was just observing the team, you know, seeing how people were doing, seeing how someone was doing right. And he watched them go through team sessions and he asked Chandler, he was like, how the heck are you going this fast? Like, how is this offense moving at this pace? And Chandler was like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a priority. Like we're trying to, we're trying to do it. Um, and Andy Saples followed up and was like, wait, like your dad who is, been around and has engineered some pretty high-octane offenses in his day, and he brought up you know, a peach bowl that Clemson played against LSU where Clemson ran like 105 plays, and LSU, the LSU defense was just totally gassed at the end of the night. If Chad Morris is surprised or intrigued by how quickly uh, you're moving up and down the field and getting a line of snap in the football – that tells you something because this is a guy that's been around offenses like that for the majority of his career. And I think one thing it tells you is it it gives you positive reinforcement and hope that they do really have a good understanding of this offense from a terminology standpoint, um, you know, from bringing it from the uh, whiteboard to the field, that everybody has a a good sense of, okay, this is what I have to do. Because if you're blowing assignments, if if you don't have a grasp of – what the offense is is asking you for and asking you to do on a a play-by-play basis, then you can't, like, you can't go fast. You're not going to get lined up properly. You're going to blow assignments. It's not going to work. So I I think it it speaks to that. And it also just speaks to the fact that there is a huge emphasis on tempo. And I I think with everything we've heard this offseason, you can bet that TCU is going to be moving quickly. On drives when they take on Colorado um, at 11 a.m. and I, I'm excited to see it in person. I'm excited to see it, you know, live and real with the bullets flying this week. But yeah, that really that uh, caught my attention. That Chad Morris, who has been around fast offenses, hurry up offenses, um, tempo offenses his whole career, even he was like, "Man, they're they're getting after it. They're getting the line. They're snapping the football and they're moving." And so I think we're gonna see. Uh, a lot more of that this season from TCU football. But good interview uh, that Chandler Morris had with Andy Staples. And, you know, you hope this team comes out focused and ready to rock. Um, And there's always, like, some sloppy moments and things that you're going to have to work on, obviously, after a week one game. But if they can keep those to a minimum, that'll be huge. And, you know, he talked about the challenge of preparing for Colorado as well. <clears throat> they're watching a lot of Alabama film. Colorado's DC comes from, you know, Alabama, and they're trying their best to understand a lot of those concepts. But he said it's really more about like what they do and they're trying to focus on themselves and executing well and finding a way to be, you know, the best version of TCU football going into that game. And they think if they do that, then it's going to pay dividends and they won't have to worry as much about what Colorado's doing from a schematic standpoint. When we come back. Uh, Travis Hunter is probably the biggest name on this Colorado football team, and he's a defensive back by trade, but played both ways in high school and also at Jackson State. But how much did he actually play on the offensive side of the football? And can we expect to see him uh, lining up at wide receiver against TCU? We'll talk about that next in Locked On Horn Frogs. This episode of Locked On Horn Frogs is brought to you by BetterHelp, one of our great sponsors. Um, If you've ever thought about like, man, I I need to step into the world of, you know, getting mental health resources. I need therapy. I need someone to talk to. Um, It can be an overwhelming thing, but it doesn't have to be right. Like I'm someone who's gone to therapy for anxiety and it's been really helpful for me. Um, You know, people in my family, my children have been through similar situations and it doesn't have to be. There doesn't have to be a stigma around it, right? We live in a time now where we're more open and honest about this than ever before. And everyone deserves that access to the resources they need. Um, If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So If you get with someone and you're like, this isn't really working for me, you can make a change, and there's no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash-locked-on-college today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. dot com/slash-locked-on-college. Get the help you need today. BetterHelp. They are a sponsor of uh, the Locked On Network and Locked On Horn Frogs is brought to you by BetterHelp today. So I want to talk about Travis Hunter here in a minute, who is, you know, one of the more intriguing players in this game. But I saw this, I saw this last night. And so the Texans and Saints are playing on Fox preseason game Sunday night football, you know, Fox broadcast team, trying to get some reps in before the season starts Um, CJ Stroud, Texans quarterback. There's some interest there and they're promoting, Colorado TCU game, which Fox has been promoting a lot over the past few months. Um, it's, a, it's a huge matchup. Big noon kickoff's going to be there. Uh, I believe Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson will be on the call. So, yeah, it's, it's the game of the week for Fox that they are promoting heavily. And they said uh, in this broadcast, they said breaking Colorado uniform details versus TCU. All white uniforms, new Nike cleats gold like no one has ever seen before. <laughs> and the players are going to be walking in wearing shades. So, all right. I mean, it's going to be a hot day. It's going to be a sunny day. So, I guess I understand the, the need for sunglasses. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to be fun Saturday. I mean, this is a Colorado team that has a lot of confidence. Obviously, Deion's a guy that exudes a ton of confidence, and he should be confident. I mean, he's He's succeeded. Just about everything he's ever done. He had a good tenure at Jackson State. He's now getting a chance at the Power 5 level. Um, And it looks like Colorado's going to be coming in trying to put on a show. And you just hope as as TCU fans, as TCU followers, you hope that TCU is ready for it and that they use it as motivation. And listen, everybody's trying to hype up their own brand, their own team. Everyone does, you know, cool uniform reveal videos. Uh, But it was funny to just hear – the way that was described, gold like no one has ever seen before. All white uniforms, new Nike cleats, and the players apparently are going to be wearing shades coming into the stadium. So, all right, make an entrance and make yourself known. And then once when, when the whistle blows and the game starts, we'll see what happens. Um, one of those players, though, that I'm sure is very confident and has a reason to be for Colorado is Travis Hunter. And Travis Hunter, if you feel like you know that name, well, he was a top-rated player in the country um, in the uh, 2022 class. And five-star recruit, uh, 247, had him ranked at 99 out of 100. His composite ranking was a 100. Um, he got a ton of accolades, a ton of praise. He was originally committed to play um, at Florida State. And makes a lot of sense. He's from Suwannee, Georgia, uh, so not too far from home, right, and go play at a major program in the ACC that's churned out a lot of great athletes for years. But then on – I think it was on early signing day, actually, Deion Sanders in Jackson State, they were able to get him to flip, uh, and he ends up playing corner, you know, or committing and signing with Jackson State, and he's going to play corner there. And – um, one thing about Hunter is he's an incredible athlete and he had aspirations of playing both ways and they allowed him to play both ways at Jackson state. Here's his scouting report. Like when he, uh, from his time in high school, when his recruiting, this is from Andrew Ivans, who's, uh, um, a big scout for two, four, seven sports. He says a generational type of talent. Legitimately, cornerback one or wide receiver one for the class of 2022 makes everything he does look extremely easy, smooth, explosive, competitive. At times, it seems like he's almost a human cheat code. As always, he's making highlight reel plays at the right time. Have video game numbers during his prep career over 3,600 receiving yards, 46 touchdowns, and 19 interceptions. Um, so I mean, special player like described him as a generational talent, which I don't follow recruiting as closely as some. But that's not a term that I feel like people, even in the world today where we tend to, you know, hype people up and kind of oversell things. That's not a term that I hear thrown around a lot when we're talking about high school players. Um The assertion that this scout had was that he could have been the number one wide receiver in the country for the class of 2022 if he wanted to be like if he told coaches and and scouts who's going to play wide receiver and he set his mind to that, then he would have been top of the list there. So really special talent. And so I don't know, like there's, there's a lot of talk and and question about how much is Colorado going to use him there? What are they going to do with him on the offensive side of the football Um, at Jackson state? He uh, last season had one carry for minus 10 yards. So it wasn't like they were using him out of the backfield or in a lot of jet sweep situations. 18 receptions for 190 yards, so not eye-popping stats. Now, the one thing that does stand out: four touchdowns. So they got him the ball and found a way for him to get in the end zone. Um, I know in one game last year he had a pick six and receiving touchdown. Uh, he had a nice, he had a really nice season defensively. Um, had two interceptions, eight pass, defle- eight pass breakups, and uh, 19 total tackles, 15 solo tackles. So did a really good job at corner, uh, didn't just fill it up with INTs, but I imagine not a lot of people were targeting him or throwing it at him, his way when it was thrown his way. He made the most of his opportunities. But, uh, it, you know, you look at those numbers on offense and it's not like he was playing a ton of snaps. Like those were limited to opportunities that he was getting on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it'll be more situational. Now it's, it's possible that since he has a year of – college football under his belt and maybe a better feel for, you know, how to move forward as a player and handle himself um, or just with the coaching, with a new coaching staff and some new people around Dion that they, they say, okay, we're going to play you more on the offensive side of the ball. But overall it wasn't something that they asked him to do just all the time when he was at Jackson state. Um, so I think it'll be pretty situational, especially on Saturday. But it's something to watch. He's gonna. He's potentially going to play both ways. The good news for TCU, um, I feel like their uh, cornerback room and DB room is probably their strongest and deepest you know spot on the field. I really like what they have with Josh Newton, Aver Helm, the Florida transfer I've talked about a lot. I think it's gonna be great. Um, and then you have guys like Channing Canda and Mason White who give you some added depth there. And so, as great as Travis Hunter is. And I mean, I think there's a chance that he goes and makes some plays on offense on Saturday. Um, I feel like TCU has players that can stay with him, even though he is you know, described as a generational talent, can't miss type of player. Um, and I'm excited to see him play at this level, right? Like it was, it was a really cool story that he went to uh, Jackson state, that he went to an HBCU that he went to play for Dion went to go play for Dion and, um, but it'll be awesome to see him playing Power 5 football this season um, and on more of a national stage moving forward. Uh, and I don't know if he'll be the guy getting the assignment against Savion Williams, if that'll be Carmody McLean, who is also a five-star recruit. He's a true freshman, but five-star corner coming out of high school and another guy that uh, Dion was able to go and get flipped from Miami to uh, Colorado late in the recruiting process. Um, but that DB room for Colorado is pretty impressive too. And Hunter is the guy I'm highlighting now because he's expected to play in multiple spots. But all around, you know, they can play. And that's like a lot of uh, Colorado fans have commented, and said like you don't understand how talented this roster is. I, I think that's a little overblown. But I mean, in, in that specific area, yeah, they're they they pulled some pretty amazing players, and so um, we'll get to see that play out on Saturday. But I, I think the Travis Hunter situation, it, it's entirely possible that he could end up playing a lot of snaps on offense. It feels like something that they're going to pick and choose their spots with though um, throughout the game and throughout the season. When we come back, an update on realignment, and then um, we'll get to some audience reaction before we go. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. One of our longtime sponsors, FanDuel. Uh, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, plus all customers who bet at least $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's a fantastic deal. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It has an easy-to-use app that you can pay, bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit fanduel.com slash and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Uh, There's going to be a lot of games on Sunday soon, a lot of action that you can bet on. If you're going to do it, make sure it's a place that you trust, and FanDuel uh, can make it happen. They're the world's largest sports book, online sports book, official betting partner of the NFL. You can bet on player props, money lines, all those things, and uh, make that $5 bet and get $100 off YouTube TV. That's a pretty special deal. From FanDuel, they're offering right now. Again, that website, um, FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. Visit there today. Well, before we go, an update on realignment. I think I think I said this in yesterday's video. I'm not sure, um, but SMU. There's been a lot of rumors about uh, the Ponies, and then Stanford and Cal all joining um, the ACC as new members, and. The situation with SMU, in an unprecedented twist, they are apparently willing to forego seven years of broadcast revenue and basically just pay their own way into Power 5 football just to be a part of a major conference. Stanford and Cal, of course, are part of the four leftover schools that have kind of been left behind by the Pac-12 and didn't get invited anywhere else. And they are also uh, discussing coming in as a partial member ESPN was reporting today that there is now momentum um, on the ACC moving forward with expansion. There were four schools that voted no in the original vote, Clemson, Florida State, NC State, North Carolina. They need one of those schools to change their vote. Now, Clemson and uh, Florida State are desperately trying to get out of the ACC. They are trying to go to the Big Ten or the SEC and get their own slice of the pie from the large TV contracts that those conferences are getting. And so for them, this is just a move of self-preservation. Um, SMU obviously just wants to get in, you know, major power five football. But going back to those schools that voted no, I'm I'm skeptical that Clemson and, and Florida State will change their minds because they are looking for a way out. And I don't think they want the league to expand Um but NC State, North Carolina, maybe they can convince one of those schools. It feels like there's momentum. They said there could be. There's a meeting tonight, and there could be a vote um, as early as tonight as well. If they can, you know, get one of those votes squared away and move forward with expansion. But I, I made a joke on Twitter. I was like, you know, SMU is kind of like pulling the the Lori Logden move, who was part of that admission scandal where you know she was basically paying. Her daughter's way into USC. Um, and they would come up with phony documentation that said, Oh, well, this, this, uh, player's on the tennis team, right? And that's why they got accepted. Um, but they weren't, they didn't qualify, they didn't really qualify for these schools. They were just getting in, you know, based on a, based on a money grab. And it seems like that's what SMU's is trying to do as they get into the power five. And, uh, Brian Capers, I think it was, asked me the other day, like, should you be worried about, um, or should TCU be worried about their recruiting potential with SMU moving to major college football? And, yeah, I mean, potentially. Like, obviously they have a, a huge backing financially if they're willing to forego seven years of TV revenue. Um, I don't really know what – like, I don't know how much these kids care about the opponents they play. Like, I know everybody wants to play in the SEC because it's the best conference. They turn out NFL talent. I, I don't know how much regionality matters now. Um, but that would be a sell for SMU. It's like, well, you're, you know, you're obviously not going to be uh, just an easy drive away from a lot of these games. But that's your realignment update. SMU, Cal, and Stanford all could be a part of the ACC soon. Okay, a lot of reaction from um, Monday's video where I talked about uh, Sean Lewis and um, you know the Colorado offense coordinator, uh, what they like to do on offense. Um, one Colorado fan, a Ramsy, said, "Don't forget, Kent State played better against Georgia than TCU did, and Sean Lewis was the head coach of Kent State before he came up from Colorado." I replied, and I was like, "Listen, I don't think that tells you a lot about the Colorado and TCU game. I feel like uh, Georgia was much more amped up for a national title game than they were, you know, a non-conference game early in the season against Kent State." Um, he said, well, it wasn't really – my comment wasn't really about – his original comment, he says, was well, not about the TCU-Colorado game. I guess he just wanted to give props to Sean Lewis. And, yeah, Sean Lewis is a good coach. I think he runs a good system. Um, I feel like TCU will be prepared for it, and they won't be super surprised by anything that uh, Colorado does. But I realize that Sean Lewis is a really good coach, and he's one aspect of this game that I think gives Colorado – you know, punch his chance, and then um, a lot of Colorado fans chimed in and just talked about the talent on this roster you know, speed that Colorado has, um, everything they're bringing to the table. I'm going to try to dig in uh, more on this topic on Wednesday's show. You know, they're definitely bringing in some talented players, but they brought in 50 transfers, and a lot of these guys are not very experienced at the power five level. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're talented, right? And like they have. They have ability, but they haven't proven it on the field. Like there's, there's some that have um, and that have done really good things. But I'll, I'll have a better breakdown of that tomorrow. I just, I, I acknowledge like this is a much different Colorado team than last season. They're much more talented. I think this Dion experiment is going to work eventually. I just don't feel like it's going to come together before their game against TCU this Saturday. But we'll have more on that tomorrow um, and through the week. This is the Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.